When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. Wasted. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. So anyway, kudos to Brian, to Brian, to Aaron. To, to Brian Cranston for giving birth to Aaron Paul in the bathroom. Hello, and welcome to another episode of... True Crime. Against Wine. I'm Judge Topher. And I'm Judge Rachel. Judge Rachel is going to be our celebrity gossip monger today. Yes, and Judge Topher is going to take us on a mystical journey through the desert today. That's right. We are heading to Oaxaca. Ooh, I'm excited. So today we are veering away from the wine Mm -hmm. and doing one of our special liquor episodes. Mm -hmm. Although it would be cool to try Mexican wine. Oh, yeah. Let's do that sometime. We should. Yeah. So we're doing Mezcal today. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. So I talked a lot about the process of making tequila when mm-hmm. we did our episode on The Rock mm-hmm. and tequila mm-hmm. this past season. So I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to that if you want a lot of the details on how tequila is made. It's a very similar process for Mezcal. Mm. The only difference is that the piña, the heart of the agave, is first going to be cooked and roasted and smoked Mm. in these earthen hearths, basically. They dig into the ground, kind of like barbecue pits here in the U.S. Uh Or I guess not just the U.S., but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives it its really signature smoky sort of flavor. Okay. Another difference is that whereas you can only use blue agave for tequila, Mm -hmm. you can really use any kind of agave for um, mezcal. Yeah. Interesting. So it's a little bit wider of a range there. Okay. Um, and is mezcal a kind of tequila or is tequila a kind of mezcal or vice versa or no? We'll call them sisters. Okay. Because like I said, there is a different process Okay. in, in terms of adding that additional step at the beginning, whereas okay. the piña is just mashed and mm-hmm. fermented before distillation mm-hmm. when it comes to tequila. But it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Fermentation of the piña was actually happening pre-conquistador mm-hmm. by the Nuwadal people. Okay. I believe I'm saying that correctly. I had to look it up because I wanted to be respectful. Yeah. I believe it's Nuwadal, the people of central Mexico. And it wasn't until the conquistadors came over that they introduced distillation, though, at that mm-hmm. point, which obviously produced a purer and stronger alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that's where the liquor component actually came in. But yeah, it has a really long and noble heritage And there's even a saying that like roughly translated into English talks about how if something's wrong with you, drink mezcal. If nothing's wrong with you, drink mezcal. If that doesn't work, a pint and a half of mezcal should do. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that saying. Yeah. Yeah, Perfect. So without further ado, let's let's taste our mezcal. And a reminder to those of you at home who might be drinking along with us, Mm -hmm. when you are smelling liquor, always rather than sniffing it, just breathe in with your mouth open. Mm Mm-hmm. That way you don't singe all your nose hairs off. Or if you want to get rid of your nose hairs in a fast, easy way. If you are looking to not exfoliate, but you <laughs> know what I mean. Yeah. If you want to nair the insides of your nose. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That smokiness is there. Smoky. But you mm-hmm. also get that agave tequila yes. sort of mm-hmm. smell. It's a very distinct yes. sort of aroma. All right. Let's sip it. Oh, that's mm. lovely. A smokiness really hits you yeah. at the end, but there are also some other flavors in there. What kinds of flavors are you getting? 
Some like light floral mm-hmm. flavors. I would agree. It's sometimes with mezcals, it can really hit you over the head with the smokiness. Mm-hmm. This is very, it's incorporated well. I wouldn't say it's subtle necessarily because it's no. it's right there. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's incorporated with everything else in mm-hmm. a very balanced sort of way. Yeah. I will say like smoky drinks aren't normally my thing, but this is nice. I have to be in the mood and it has to be something that is really, like I said, well-balanced. Yeah. Because you don't want that smoke to overwhelm everything. But if you are a a fan of peaty scotches and things like that, Mm -hmm. mezcal is probably going to be the liquor for Yeah, that's probably a nice connection between those two Mm -hmm. like flavors. Yeah. And it's nice because I don't necessarily associate drinking scotch with hot summertime. But mezcal... There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you can have like a warm weather drink where you're mm-hmm. still getting that full and rich flavor, mm-hmm. but it's not as heavy as like a whiskey would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Trudeau fashion, we will be trying both warm weather and cool weather drinks. I'm excited. As well. I'm excited. Yeah. So let me know when you are ready for that first. Okay. Cocktail. Well, let's talk about our celebrity connection yeah. and then we'll get into the cocktails. So this is the Dos Hombres Mezcal. Okay. Which is made by Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. Mm-hmm. And they are from the show Breaking Bad. Yeah. Which I know you are a mega fan of. <laughs> I've seen like half of one episode. Oh, okay. This will be fun then. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's really cool that they, I guess they have a genuine friendship then if they yes. want to collaborate yeah. to do this. I think they do. That's really cool. Yeah. So let's have our first cocktail and then we'll talk about them. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go and make that because Fact Checker is playing hooky again today. And I will be right back. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, I am back and I have with me smoky margaritas. Ooh, I love it. So this is just a really great way to put a twist on the classic margarita. Mm -hmm. But rather than using the silver tequila, Mm -hmm. we're doing mezcal. So it just adds a little bit of smokiness to it. Oh, thank you. Bartender Topher. We'll see how it is. Oh, it's good. That's delicious. It's really good. Yeah. I like the smokiness cut with the citrus. I do too. It's really well balanced. It's kind of a yin and yang sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't overwhelm my mouth with the smokiness that just sipping on mezcal might. And I don't know about you, but I have a problem when it comes to margaritas where I will suck those suckers down so fast. Mm And I feel like the smoke tempers me a little bit. It makes it more of a, yeah, well, it makes it feel more like a sipping cocktail uh, than like a I porch see. pounder. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> porch pounder. A porch pounder. You never heard that? I've never heard that. I love that. Yeah. That's fun. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yum, yum. So well, talk to me about this dynamic duo. Okay. So let's talk about <clears throat> Brian Cranston first. Okay. And then we'll talk about Aaron Paul. He's the older one. Yes. That's right. Take a drink. Yes. Yes, you got it. Yes. That was one of my quiz questions. <laughs> he was older. <laughs> yeah, so Brian Cranston was born in Hollywood, California. Oh. Right? How often does that happen? I know, right? Do they even have a, hospital. a natal hospital in Hollywood? I guess they have to, right? I thought it was all just like plastic surgery centers. Right. Well, or like movie sets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, was he born on like a soap opera movie set for like General Hospital or something? That would be so cool if that were true, wouldn't it? That would be hilarious. <laughs> we're going to talk about his history, though. Okay. She's born in Hollywood, California, March 7th, 1956. He was the middle of three children. His mom did some radio. Oh. And his dad did some acting and boxing. 
And boxing. And boxing. Well, you know, 40s, 50s, I guess. Boxing's Boxing. all the rage. Yeah. But his parents were never like super successful in the mm-hmm. entertainment industry. And they struggled a lot, I think, just financially. Yeah. And his dad actually ended up abandoning the family when Brian was only 11 years old. And Brian and one of his siblings, I think his brother, not his sister, decided to track down their dad when he was 22. And they ended up reconnecting and actually like reforming a relationship. Nice. With him until his dad passed away a few years ago. Well, that's nice that they got to do that. Yeah. But not terrible. nice that he abandoned the family. No, yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't Please do that. don't do that. My grandpa's father did that to them. Really? Yeah, in the middle of I don't know if it was like in still the nineteen twenties or right when the Great Depression hit. But basically he was like, I don't want to be a farmer. I want to be a musician. And he just <laughs> left. And that was it. Wow. And my grandpa as a kid was like, I guess I have to help my mom and my younger brother run this farm now. Wow. That's mm-hmm. rough. Mm-hmm. I also don't want to be a farmer. I mean, I get that. That sounds really hard. I know. Like, I understand that aspect of it. <laughs> but, you know. But I appreciate you farmers. Yeah. And don't abandon people. Don't abandon who are your dependent upon you. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. You can play a banjo on your front porch. It's the best of both worlds. Right. Just do that. After you've milked the cows and... Right. You've got to do your chores sh- first. Shucked the hay. Shucked the hay. Shucked the corn. <laughs> I don't know. What do you do with hay? Do you bale it? That sounds like a thing. You sit on it and play the banjo. Yes. There but we you go. you got to bale it first. Or, what, are you going to sit on loose hay? No, Come on. not loose hay. That's ridiculous. <laughs> we know how to farm. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so Brian actually got interested in acting in college when he took it as an elective and was like, I actually love this and I want to do this. So he started to pursue it as a career. Where did he go to college? Somewhere in California. I was wondering if it was like UCLA or something. Uh, I don't believe it was like a huge name school. Okay. Because I think I would have written that down, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> we'll never know. There's no way. There's no way to find out. Mm-mm. Brian, if you're listening. <gasps> Please listen. If you could small, just thanks. like email us and let us know which college you went to. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. We're too lazy to go to Wikipedia. Yeah, we've already done that once. (laughs) We're not doing it again. He started working some odd jobs after college just to support himself while he was trying to get into acting, Mm -hmm. including becoming a wedding officiant. Oh, fun. To make money. Nice. He got like ordained in the life church or whatever you get ordained in. And he would make a hundred something dollars for each wedding he would officiate. So. Damn, that's good money. Maybe I should become a wedding officiant. Right? It's like, who wants to get married? I'll do it. Five minutes of work. Right? He started to get some TV roles in the 80s. He did some soap opera work. Write a passage, man. Write a passage. Yeah. He also did some voice acting on the Power Rangers. Really? Yes. How fun. Yeah. Did you ever watch Power Rangers? I was not allowed. Okay. I was going to say, it was probably not allowed in your home. I mean, it was inescapable in the early 90s. Sure. Like, like it was part kids. of the culture. Yeah. And I knew enough about it to know on the playground which Power Ranger I wanted to be and which I didn't want to be. Okay. Which one did you want to be? Silver. Oh, which did you not want to be? I did not want to be. This sounds really bad. It has nothing to do with Silver. who played this person. Okay. I did want to be the yellow power ranger. Okay. Ever. And I don't really know why. It was just your it's, gut telling you. I think it was more of an aesthetic thing. Okay. You just don't like the color yellow that much? I'm not a huge fan. You prefer your metals. I do. I like silver. my metallics. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, and the guy that I had a crush on was always the red power ranger. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to take that away from him. No, obviously. Yeah. 
Of course not. Brian Oops. got his kind of first larger TV role when he was playing Seinfeld's dentist on the show Seinfeld. Oh, interesting. It's kind of random. Not random. I'm sorry. Like a recurring role mm-hmm. for several years, huh. which is fun. Yeah. And he also did an episode of the X-Files. I wonder if I've seen that episode. It's always fun when you get those like... They're not really big yet. Right, and then, and then you go back, you're like, oh, I know you. Yeah. He played a white supremacist guy who's, like, dying of a terminal illness and kidnaps one of the agents. Oh, wow. Jillian Anderson, I think he kidnapped. Yeah. I don't know how it worked out. I guess she lived, because she's still with us today. It seems plausible. Okay. <laughs> what if that was just, like, the end of the show? Yeah, series finale. <laughs> Brian Cranston killed Jillian Anderson. Like, oh, that was it. No. It's over. His big show, though, that he was on was Malcolm in the Middle. Oh. He played the dad. I'm just now putting that together. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I never really watched that show either. Sure. It was not a show I watched either, but like you'd see like little bits and pieces here and there. That ran for six years from 2000 Mm -hmm. until 2006. Yeah, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Breaking Bad from 2008 to 2013. Right. He won three Emmys for his performance as Walter White. The chemistry teacher. Also a terminally ill patient. Yeah, he was a chemistry teacher who gets diagnosed with lung cancer and decides that he's going to make meth. As one does. As one does. You know, commentary on the American healthcare system and how well we pay teachers. Right. (laughs) So there we go. Double whammy. Mm -hmm. Would you make meth? Make meth. No, for several reasons. One, meth is not good have you tried it no but meth is not one of those you things you know that... the old saying don't knock it till you try to try meth <laughs> no just once that's all it takes yeah no, no i'm meth not is... gonna... heroin and meth are two things that you just don't fuck around with no like, that's they're, not... they're too serious and they're so addictive and like yeah plus the idea of being up for three days straight i don't i like my sleep i do too i like that to sounds... rest <laughs> oh my God, I would I would go crazy. Yeah, I don't. And, well, people on meth do. Well, right. No, I wouldn't do that. And I don't have the chemistry knowledge to do it. Mm. I'm not. You good. would blow up your kitchen, wouldn't I you? I would. Yeah. So I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> I love that lack of knowledge is one of the very well. I mean, like of course, reasons. like the ethical and health concerns. You know, like I don't want to make meth because I don't want to do meth, and I don't want to make it to then have others do because I think that's wrong. And I know I just couldn't. Yeah. It's beyond my skill set. If you were terminally ill, mm. what drug would you do? I don't know. My bestie has always said that if she were to get diagnosed with terminal mm-hmm. a terminal illness, that heroin would be something that she would try. And I'm like, I mean, if you're going out. I mean, I can see that like numb the pain, like when you're like actively dying yeah. at that point. I think it, sure. it wouldn't be like, oh, I got diagnosed today and I'm going Let me out. Let go to, shoot up. Yeah. I think it's more like towards the end. Well, sure, like that I get, but like whatever, because you know, yeah. if you have like a day or two left, do what you want at that yeah. point to ease your pain and suffering. I think I would finally try Advil. Oh, that's when you're gonna go for it. Yeah. Okay. Hardcore. Yeah, like take like two Advil. Whoa, maybe start with one. Okay. Don't, let's not be crazy. Here. Maybe be a half of one. Okay. Just to see that's like reasonable. how I react to it. Right. What if I have a bad trip? Oh no, on the Advil. <laughs> So back to Brian Cranston. Yeah. So he's done some work after Breaking Bad. He's been on Broadway. Oh. Yeah. He can do it all. He's an actor. So not a musical. No. Oh. 
I was yeah. really hoping for like, some Pippin action or Pirates oh. of Penzance. Oh, that'd be fun. You know, boyfriend loves Pirates of Penzance. I've never seen it. Are you serious? It's so fun. I know that there's like a song about, I'm a mini finger general or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not quite the word, but yeah. <laughs> there is. He does have many fingers, though. How many is many? I would say more than five. Then you also have many fingers. I do. Oh, he's got like 30, which is a little bit much. And they're not even all on my hands. Which is another issue we have to talk about. You don't have fingers on your ears? No. Oh, I wouldn't like that. But that does make it easy if you need to like plug your ears. Oh, yeah. Your fingers is right there. It's like, plop. Or like if your hands are full and you need to wave at somebody. You just, hi. Toodles. I mean... That's true, Topher. I hadn't thought about that. See? He's done some commercial work, some TV work. He's done film stuff since then. He's married. He was married once in the 70s. From 77 to 82, they divorced. Then he married his second wife, Robin Dearden, who's also an actor and a director. They got married in 1989, and they're still together, and they have a daughter together. I love long Hollywood romances. Me too. Makes me very happy. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. That's kind of the overview of Brian Cranston's okay. life. How are you doing on your drink? I'm good. I'm enjoying this quite a bit. I know. I'm enjoying it too. I'm trying not to drink it too fast. You know what? I'm, I might have to push you a little bit. Why? Is it time? It's time. We haven't even got into Aaron Paul yet. I know. <sighs> Rachel rules. Okay. Okay. So this is going to be about breaking bad. Oh, no. But I made it true false. Okay. Okay. We have 10 questions. You can pick the order. I'm going to go with one. Okay. Get my pens. I can actually mark the answers and see who gets them right. Thank you. I'm just going to put an R for Rachel next to all of them. So this is going to go one of two ways. I'm either going to bomb because I know nothing about this or Or. it's going to be one of the situations where somehow I just get incredibly lucky through the whole thing. But I don't think there's going to be an in-between. That's what I'm predicting. Okay. So all or nothing. That's what I think. All right. So number one, the show was initially passed over by HBO, Showtime, FX, and TNT. True or false? True. Any reasoning? I think because a show about a teacher making meth Mm -hmm. was maybe just a bit pushing things too much for them. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. For HBO? HBO is famously conservative. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, pick up your drink. Okay. True. True, yay. Yeah, so I don't really know why HBO and FX and TNT passed over. Showtime passed over because they thought it was too similar to Weed. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Which had already been on, I think, for a year or two at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was very into Weeds. Yeah, that seems like your kind of show. Yeah. I tried watching it. It was okay. I just I didn't ever finish it because it kind of went off the rails after the yeah. first like three seasons or so. But I feel like that happens a lot with Showtime shows. I feel like that happens a lot with shows in general where it's like, y'all, y'all just got greedy. You didn't want to end the show, but you didn't right. really know where you were going with it. Right. Yeah. And you're like, I still want to get money, but mm-hmm. the story is like, yeah. long, long been gone. It's very rare that I watch any drama series where mm. unless it's something like law and order svu sure that's but like, that's, that's more procedural though like, it's more procedural and, and it's sure there is some semblance of overarching plot lines but it's more like crime of the week yes. sort of yeah yeah 
which works for that sort of long-term format. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't yeah, work yeah. out. Yeah. So I, got- I just can't be invested in people's lives for like more than three years. Then you're done with it. Then I'm just done. I'm like, y'all have not changed. You've not gotten your shit together. Mm. I need to see some personal development and some accountability for your actions. Otherwise, I'm out. Otherwise, I'm out. This relationship has become toxic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all of these big networks passed over, and then it was picked up by AMC, which wasn't really a big channel yet. Like, The Walking Dead hadn't really come out yet. Yeah, AMC I grew up with as being, like, actual, like, American movies. movie classics. Yeah. Yeah. My grandpa used to watch a lot of Westerns and action yeah. movies and things like that on it. Yeah, they used to do a lot of the classics, and then they started doing, like, a lot of, like, kind of cd list films that they oh, could really? probably get the rights for really yeah. easily and just show but yeah it ended up doing really well on amc and then it went to the first three seasons went to netflix before the fourth season came out and that like really bumped up the numbers for the show wow yeah because people started watching on netflix and then when the new season was coming out on amc people were like okay now i'm invested i'm going to tune in and watch mm-hmm. the last couple of seasons as they are like smart. happening then. Yeah. It was a really good move for Netflix really early on. Mm-hmm. And I think really smart of the showrunners too to have that foresight to do that. Yeah. All right. Next number. Two. Okay. Initially, AMC wanted Matthew Broderick to play Walter White, the main character. True or false? Ah, man. I'm going to say true just because I feel like that would, Brian Cranston, obviously iconic in that role. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, Matthew Broderick would have done a really good job, too. And he's got that adorable teacher persona to me for some reason. Mm, yeah. He would have played it such a different sort of way. It would have been a lot different, I feel. Yeah. Can go with true. Same true? Yeah. I right, pick up a drink. Celebratory sips. Yeah. So initially, they were considering Matthew Broderick and John Cusack for the role. Oh, see, John Cusack to me is is like... The mix between the two. A little darker. Yeah. Than Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not quite as dark as Bryant Cranston. Well, it's or funny. gritty. As- yeah, gritty, we should say. Yeah. Initially, the showrunners were not really considering Bryant Cranston because they had known him as Hal from Malcolm in the Middle and thought, oh, he's too wholesome. Yeah. He can't play this character who's going to become like a villain over mm-hmm. the course of the show. They didn't think he had it in him. Until they saw that X-Files episode. Oh, fun. Where they saw him playing this, like, abhorrent person. Like, oh, he can do that. Like, he has range. We're going to hire him. I never thought about it that way. But I think that that's probably, like, a very strategic move for a lot of actors to do those one-offs as, like, a guest starring role to show that they've got a different side without actually investing. It shows your range, Mm -hmm. I think, if you can do that. That's a good thing to have in your portfolio. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Next number. Three. Okay. The DEA condemned the show as, quote, dangerous. True or false? I mean, it sounds like something that they would do. Yeah. But also, you could get me. I'm going to say they didn't even give a shit. False. Celebratory set. Yes. I knew you were trying to get me. But your reasoning's wrong, so take another (laughs) set. Wrong. Yes and no. So the DEA, oh boy, that mezcal's getting me. (laughs) The DEA actually kind of consulted on the show. Oh. And taught, in quotation marks, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul how to actually make meth. Oh, my God. Just for, like, the realism of doing... Obviously, they weren't, like, actually making meth, but they were, no, like... they were. They're method actors. Uh, uh, nice one. 
<laughs> oh, I didn't even see what I did so, there. I thought you did that on purpose. Method actors. There you go. <laughs> I'm funny. Take a drink for a pun. Yeah. So they were filming in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and where they were filming, the DEA office was only like a couple miles from their location, their studio, I guess. And they're like, well, let's just go and see if they want to talk to us. And they're like, all right, yeah, sure. Well, we'll give you some info. That's You're making great. a show, so we may as well try to be accurate with what we tell you. Yeah. But some of the science on the show doesn't quite work out because it's on purpose. So people actually don't figure out how to make meth from right. the show. <laughs> yeah. That would be bad. Yeah. All right. Next number. Four. All right. Brian Cranston purchased the family house of the White family where it was filmed. True or false? Because mm. it was a real house. I'm going to tell you that. It wasn't just like a set. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. True. Okay. Any reasoning? No. <laughs> <laughs> just your gut? Just my gut. Okay. False. Ugh. Take a drink. Wrong. I ruined my streak. You did. So there's a real family that lives there in the house, and they get a lot of Breaking Bad fans coming to the house. That sounds annoying as fuck. Yes. It is very annoying. They've had to put up like a giant, like six foot wrought iron fence around the house and like people still climb over it what to get pictures and stuff people are crazy and the house itself wasn't even like a major part of the show i mean it's like obviously in the show yeah but it's not like oh boy i love this suburban house don't you family right it's just kind of there but there is a scene in Breaking Bad, where Walter White is like coming home and he's really upset about something and he has like a takeout pizza and he ends up throwing the pizza like a frisbee and it lands on the roof, <laughs> which was kind of a fluke yeah. thing when they were filming the scene. But they're like, it actually worked really well. So they left it in. Nice. But people will now go to the house and like fling pizza. No. Why are people the worst? And like everybody on the show has come out and said, please stop going to this family's house and harassing them by throwing pizza and like trying to take pictures. Like it's just a normal house. Leave it alone. Leave those people alone. Let them live their lives. God, people are the worst. They are. Let's go with five. Okay. So over the five years of the show, obviously it's about drugs and gangs and violence, but only 30 characters actually ended up dying. True or false? Oh my God. I have no idea. Is that a lot or a little? Is Who it knows? a lot or a little over the course of how many years? Five. Five years? So five seasons. Six people per season, which seems like very little. Okay. I'm going to go with true. Wrong. Take a drink. Damn it. I thought you were trying to get me. 270 people died on the show. Characters, not real life people. That makes a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. And it got increasingly more violent as the seasons went on. Yeah. There's also a very special number tied to the number of episodes. Can you tell me that number for a bonus? How many episodes there were overall? Uh-huh. I don't know, but it's probably the molecular number for meth. It is tied to the periodic table, so I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. There's 62 episodes in total, and that was done purposely because the 62nd element on the periodic table is samarium. Which we all know. Yes, of course. Of course. Oh, Samarium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you just forgot it for half a sec. Just right. I was just yeah. bloop. Yeah, you're like, period, you're like 61. Oh, 62. You know, I skipped it. 62. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samarium, of course. Samarium is used to treat cancer, especially lung cancer. Oh. Isn't that clever? That is clever. Yeah. 
Huh. Good old Samirium. Good old Samirium. Those little smarty pants. All right, we're going down the next number? Yes. All right, number six. There was almost an Avengers cameo in Breaking Bad. True or false? An Avengers cameo? Uh-huh. Sure, we'll go with true. Yeah. Because I true. was going to say that yeah. just sounds so random. It is true. Yes, celebratory stuff. So Samuel L. Jackson was in New Mexico filming. He plays Nick Fury in the Avengers franchise. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to make a little cameo as Nick Fury. And one of the episodes is like just walking into a restaurant, like ordering food and like walking out. Mm-hmm. Just as like in the background. And the showrunner's like, no. Aww. No. But that would have made a lot of people very happy, though. It would have. But I think it would have taken you out of the show. Yeah. If you're like, wait a sec. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I get why they said no, but also that would have been fun mm-hmm. at the same time. All right. Seven. Okay. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul initially hated each other when they first started filming. True or false? Oh, well, we, we've already talked about how they're good friends now. Right. But were they always? Oh, I just don't know. Can I go with n- false? They did not hate each other. Yeah, false. Celebratory step. Yes. You got it right. I think they always got on. Good. And fun fact about... Aaron Paul, who we'll talk about more in a little bit, when he was still, like, working to become, well, I guess he isn't, I don't know. Let me start over with my words. Okay. <laughs> Take two. Take two. He had auditioned to play the oldest son on Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Huh. So they kind of knew, or at least knew of each other-ish. Yeah. Before Breaking Bad. Nice. Yeah. But they really got along really well. Became buddies. Good. Yeah. All right. Let's do eight. Okay. Aaron's character, Jesse Pinkman, on the show has this phrase, yo, bitch. Yo, bitch. That was, he's kind of famous for saying. But Aaron himself is very religious and he's now refused to use profanity in any future roles. True or false? False. Okay. Yeah, it's false. (laughs) (laughs) He actually made a rap called Yo, Bitch after (laughs) Breaking Bad. (laughs) That's great. I love that. Ten. Oh, we're skipping over nine? Yep. Okay, mixing it up at the mm-hmm. end. Skipping over Samarium. Okay, here we go. That's my rap. Okay. <laughs> That's White Peppa's rap. White Peppa. Yeah. So the show made this blue meth famous because that was like what Walter White made. And it was supposed to be like so pure because he's really good at chemistry and blah, 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 blah. But what they actually used for the meth on the show was candy. True or false? That would make sense. Okay. And we've already cleared up that, disappointingly, they weren't actually using meth. Right. Well, probably for everybody's benefit, they weren't actually using meth. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with true. Candy. Yeah. That's right. Specifically what kind? Cotton. No, no, for no. Rock candy. Oh. Yeah. I've never seen meth before, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks, it's like crystallized, hard little crystals. Right, but you've never done it. I've seen TV shows and movies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they used just like blue rock candy as like the blue meth. That makes sense. On the show. Like, yeah, probably easy to get, cheap. It's just sugar. It's just sugar, yeah. It's just dyed sugar. You make it. How do you make rock candy? The same way other candies are made but then you smash it because it's like crystal pieces yeah yeah 
Are you just making like a giant brick of candy? Yeah. What? I don't think that's right. And then you smash it. Mm. I don't think you've seen candy either. <laughs> what? What is candy? <laughs> you've never. I've candied before. Have you candied before? I've candied hard before. Yeah? I don't think so. Have you had rock candy though? I don't really like candy. When you were a child, I didn't you enjoyed like candy things. when I was. What kind of child player? were you who didn't like candy? I liked salads. What? Yeah. When my parents would take me to McDonald's, back then they had salad bars and I would go for, I didn't want kids meals. I wanted the salad bar. I do remember like the Wendy's salad bar was awesome as a child. Yeah. It was so much fun. I loved it. Yeah. See? Okay. But I still would have preferred candy over a salad bar. <sighs> if you walked into a fast food restaurant, they had like piles of candy or salad. Salad. No, I would have chosen the candy. What kind of candy? Any kind. Does it get, oh, candy's candy. No. Mm-mm. There are superior candies and inferior well, candies. Well, sure. Like, I wouldn't go crazy for Tootsie Rolls. Come on. That's ridiculous. Okay. Mary, fuck, kill. <laughs> okay. Sweet tarts. Ooh. Nerds. Okay. Tootsie Rolls. Killing the Tootsie Rolls. Okay. Tootsie Rolls dead. Yeah, Tootsie Rolls dead. Fuck the nerds. Oh, okay. Marry the sweet tarts. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you would say? See, I like nerds, but after a while, it's a bit too much. So I wouldn't want that long commitment with them. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel the same way about sweet tarts, though. Mm, so it's reversed for It'd you. It'd be reversed for me, I think. Okay. Well, then everybody's yeah. happy. You know who can go fuck themselves, though? Tootsie Rolls. Mike and Ike's. Don't like them? They're licorice flavored. I don't like that. Oh, do you like the fruit flavored Mike and Ike's, though? This is now a candy podcast, yeah. by the way. Candy podcast. <laughs> um, Honestly, it's been so long. I've just never been partial to Mike and Ike's. Yeah, I get not liking the licorice flavored ones. They're not great. I did like Rolos a lot as a child. Oh, that's weird. Rolos aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm thinking of the right ones. Did like, you put them on your salad? Sadly, no. Like the weird, like circular chocolate and the caramel inside. Oh no, I'm not, think, I'm not thinking of the right thing. Then they're kind of like sweet tarts, but they've got a hard candy coating on the outside. I don't know. And they're they're round. They kind of look like M and M's, but they're not chocolate inside. I don't know what those are. They're not Rollos, though. Okay. Well, if any of you listening know what I'm talking about and would like to make it seem like I'm not a crazy person. So, Willy Wonka, if you're listening. Willy, I think. <laughs> I got really excited. Tucker's choking on the Rolos that he says he doesn't know there. I think again. they were Willy Wonka. Were they? Like the Wonka. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The brand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. No way to know. Listeners, you tell us. Tell, tell us, please. Tell us what candy Tucker's they were They were round. Yeah, lots of candies are round. But these were like balls. Okay. Little like balls. Okay. I know what a ball is. A little round balls. I, I know what a ball is, yeah. <laughs> spherical. Oh, spherical, you say? Yeah. Mm, interesting. Little candy balls. Okay. Gobstoppers? No. They weren't that big. Gobstoppers they were, they were don't have to be that big. They were just little balls. Okay. What size? Little. Okay. And what shape? Balls. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that can be your rapper name, Lil Balls. No, it's over. No, we got White Peppa and Lil Balls in the no. house. You know I'm Big Red, Big Bold Red. <laughs> you are Big Bold Red. <laughs> All right, so you can remember that, but you can't remember basic facts about wine. Of Ugh. course, I remember the important things. <laughs> Final question: Anna Gunn, who played Skylar White, who was Walter White's wife, 
got a lot of hate mail from fans. True or false? I don't know enough about her character. Well, I know. I'm going to say true. Mm-hmm. Just because? Because she must have done something to him that fans didn't like. And I know that people are stupid. Mm-hmm. And they can't separate an actor We already talked about throwing pizza on a stranger's house. Exactly. Right. So that's that's my reasoning there. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Basically, the show is set up and that when Walter gets diagnosed and he decides, okay, I'm going to start making meth, he, like, meets up with a former student of his who's a druggie, who's Aaron Paul's character. Mm-hmm. And they start making meth together and blah, blah, blah. But he initially hides this from his wife, who is pregnant, by the way, and they have a teenage son with cerebral palsy. And then she's pregnant with, like, an oopsie surprise baby, and they're struggling financially. And her husband's about to die, man. And her husband is like a terminal did diagnosis. Bad in a previous life. And she's like, "What are you doing? Why are you acting so weird? Where are you going all the time? Blah blah blah." And he's very evasive. And then he finally tells her, "Like, oh, I'm making math." And she's like, "Oh, what? That's not safe for anybody, right?" And then she ends up accepting this fact and helping him with the business part of the making math and like laundering the money because he's justified as what. Well, you know, I'm going to die, so I want to make sure that, like, you and the kids are at least set up with money, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, fine. But their marriage basically deteriorates as, as, as it, it would, would, as it would over the course of the show. But a lot of the fans got really upset with her and were calling her basically shrewish. And not so eloquently, of course. Right. Mm, They're like, I she's, can imagine. she's a real bitch. Yeah. Because, like, she's making him do blah, 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 and she's mean to him and, blah, like, her husband is out making drugs and getting involved in, like, gang violence and stuff while she's pregnant and she has an older disabled child that she's trying to take care of. Yeah. And she's the bad person in this relationship? Mm. But one but. thing that I will say is kudos to the writers as well as Brian Cranston for making this very problematic character Somebody that so many people loved and were rooting for. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you're not supposed to like Walter as he gets more and more into this. But the fans but he, were sucked he in. Plays they were invested. It, he plays it very well, yeah. obviously. I so, mean, that's a major testament to him and his take on the character. Oh, it is. And in, I think it's like a very compelling story. But I think a lot of people missed the point and saw him as like this anti-hero. And it's like, no, he's just a villain. Yeah. He's just a villain at this point. Yeah. But the actor who played his wife, Anna Gunn, she actually ended up writing an op-ed for the New York Times about sexism and and acting in Hollywood Mm. and how people view male characters versus female characters. And basically saying, okay, if Walter's character were a woman and the wife and the roles were reversed, People would not be rooting for the teacher turned meth maker dealer and saying that the spouse was like wrong to try to inhibit and stop them and blah, 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 blah. Which is like, yeah. You think so? I mean, people loved weeds. But weeds had like a lighter tone to it. It did. In spite of the fact that there was also a lot of gang violence and drive-bys. And And weeds is also weed, not meth, too. It's not as hard of a drug. Oh, people die every day from weed. Do they? No. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> All right. How'd you do? I think I got eight out of ten. Yeah, seven out of ten. Eight. Sure. 
Something like that. You got 62 out of 10. I did. I did really well. You did really well for never having seen the show. I knew I was going to get lucky. I was so feeling So congrats lucky. to you, Topher. Thanks. Cheers. Thank y'all. Do you want to do our second cocktail? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Take a brief break for me to make that, okay. and I'll be right back. All right. All right, so I'm back with our next cocktail, and we are doing a take on a classic Negroni, which is Ooh. a gin drink. Okay. Um, but with Mezcal instead, I will warn you, she bitter. Okay. If I were having to make it again, I'd probably mess with the proportions a little bit, but this okay. was the recipe that was given right. to me. So. Well, cheers. Cheers. It's pretty color. Mm-hmm. It's very bitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you like bitter drinks, this would be perfect for you. Yeah. Which Fact Checker does. Well. Which is probably why he recommended this drink. Yeah. Well, thanks, Fact Checker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can bottle the rest and send it to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, bitter drinks are just, they're not my go-to. But I can see... The appeal. This yeah. is a, a nicely done better drink. It's just not what I would pick for myself necessarily yeah. off of a menu. No, I feel the same. I yeah. very rarely go for a Negroni. Yeah, it's very pretty though. It is pretty. It's a gorgeous kind of ruby color. Is that from the grapefruit? That's from the Campari, which is okay. a bitter liqueur. Okay. But we have a little grapefruit twist. Yeah. You can do grapefruit or you can do orange. I thought that the grapefruit would be nice with the Mm -hmm. mezcal. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's interesting is that the Campari really kind of takes over. You don't get a whole lot of the smokiness from the mezcal. No, it's not not as smoky. Mm -hmm. Which is why I say I think I would mess with the proportions a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that they might have used a bit bit too much Campari for my tastes. Yeah, even smelling at it, you're not really getting the smoky smell as much. It's very faint Mm -hmm. for me. And I have a very sensitive nose. Yeah. If I take a really tiny sip, it's not as bitter. Yeah. Fair. Well, thank you. But one thing about bitter drinks is they're extremely good for your digestion and your stomach. Really? hmm Why? So there's a whole science behind this. Okay. Evolutionarily, mm-hmm. our bodies are trained to th- associate bitter with poison. Oh, so okay. So when you drink a bitter drink, it makes your digestive system think oh, we need to go into overdrive to digest this poison. Oh, okay. So your gastric juices start going mm. and all of that. So that's why a lot of times after dinner drinks are on the bitter side. Oh. So that it helps you if you've overeaten a bit much, as I tend to do when I go out. I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah. The human body is a crazy thing. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Aaron Paul. Let's talk about Aaron Paul. All right, Aaron Paul was born August 27th. The Robin to the Batman, as it were. Basically, yeah. He was born August 27th, 1979 in Idaho. Oh, well, now I know somebody from Idaho. There you go. I was going to say, now we have confirmation. (laughs) Idaho's real. He was born a month early in the bathroom at his family's home. Oh, wow. That's so funny. We were just talking about Brian Cranston possibly being born in... A weird circumstance. Yeah, Apparently but it was, it was Aaron, Aaron Paul. Paul who was, yeah. I knew somebody who was born in a bathroom once. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, no, she was actually the mother, so she gave birth in the bathtub. Okay. While her husband was out of town, she was by herself. <gasps> oh, no. How awful would that be? Yeah. Was she, like, at least able to call, like, paramedics or somebody to come? She had already given birth by the time that they came. <gasps> so she was, like, literally by herself when oh, it was happening. Oh, my God. That would but have apparently, been in the county where she lived, they don't send ambulances for people who are in labor. 
What? Yeah. I'm like, I didn't know that you could refuse an ambulance to somebody. Yeah, I didn't think that was the thing. If I if I were pregnant and going into labor by myself, yeah. and I called and was like, I need you to send an ambulance. And they were like, oh, we don't do that for pregnancy. I'd be like, pregnancy? I said I'm having a heart attack. Right. <laughs> like... I meant a tiny human is attacking me. Come help. Right. That's so crazy to me because giving birth can be very dangerous. It, extremely dangerous under the best of circumstances. Right. Can like, you imagine doing it by yourself no. in a bathtub? Just because pregnancy and birth are very common doesn't mean it's without risk. Right. Tremendous risk. Yeah. Oh, good grief. No. So anyway, kudos to Brian. To Brian. To, to Aaron. To Brian Cranston for giving birth to Aaron Paul in the bathroom. <laughs> You can do it all, Brian. You really can. <laughs> yeah, Erin Paul's mom, I think yes. you meant. Yeah. Yes. Kudos to her. Yeah. She was a stay-at-home mom. Um, well, yeah, she couldn't fucking move after that. I know, that. she's stuck in the bathroom the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> His dad was a Baptist minister, and he had three oh. older siblings. He was the youngest of four kids. Wow. Yeah. Baptist minister. He, you know, I have that in common. He actually grew up acting by doing church plays. That was how he got into nice. acting. But as soon as he graduated from high school, he was like, I want to go to California and I want to try to pursue acting as my job. So he had saved up a bunch of money because he graduated like late 90s and he had saved up like $6,000 to go to L.A. by just like working a bunch of jobs throughout high school. So he drove his old little Toyota or Honda or whatever, like from Idaho to California and was like, I'm going to I'm here to make make it it big. I'm going to make it big. And he did. And he did. Do you know what his first big role was? What? Guess. It was on a game show. I'll tell you that. Price is Right. Yes. Was it really? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Take a drink. Good for you. Yeah. You can actually, like, go to YouTube and watch him on The Price is Right. He got really far on the show. And this is when Bob Barker was still hosting it. Fine. But, like, he overbid at, like, one of the last bids. And so, like, he ended up losing. Oh. And... He could have actually like used that money and the prize stuff at the time because he's like a poor struggling actor. He was yeah. trying to make it in Hollywood. He was doing like some commercials and like music videos and stuff, but he was not like a real working actor for quite a while. So he was working at a movie theater as an usher to support himself. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. He got a really big break on the show that you watched and I watched. I've talked about it before. Big Love. Who was he in Big Love? He was Amanda Seyfried's boyfriend turned husband. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. He was playing a very different kind of character. Yes, and very young. Yeah, he was young then, yeah. Because she was super young. Yeah. Yeah, because they were like, what, like late teens, early 20s? Late supposed teens, to get the show? Yeah. yeah. Like she started the show, she was like 15. Mm-hmm. So what, 20 by the time it ended? Probably, yeah. Yeah, so he How played, fun. Yeah. But then, of course, Breaking Bad was his big Big role. He played right. Jesse Pinkman. He also won three Emmys, like Brian Cranston. Emmy bros. Good for them. Yeah. He is married to another actor as well. Her name is Laura Perksikian. They have two children. Their oldest is a girl named Story Annabelle. I have mixed feelings about that. I like Annabelle. I like Story. Oh, we're on opposite sides of this. <laughs> and they have a son <coughs> named Raiden Caspian. Raiden Caspian. That's an epic name. I know. Isn't it cool? It's pretty cool. That's better than story. I'm sorry. It's not a good name. <laughs> what about book? 
For a dog or a cat, sure. Not for a child. <laughs> Children are just oversized cats and dogs, right? <laughs> I mean, you can dress them up like you do cats and dogs. Exactly. You can put them in strollers like you do cats and dogs. Right? Daycare like you do cats and dogs, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot. <laughs> Basically, we should be entrusted with human children because we know what we're doing, obviously. Exactly. exactly. You just kennel them all day. Right? It's called crate training. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's not my fault that you didn't crate train your little crutch demon before you brought right? it over. Right? Story. Story. <laughs> Let's jump into some fun facts about the two of them and about Breaking Bad. I have a story about Aaron Paul. <gasps> Ooh, tell me. I actually know Aaron Paul. What? For real? For real. How? I want to know. So. Did you name his daughter? Is that why you like the name? Okay. Jennifer, were you it's drunk? It's our and like, daughter. Name your kid's story. It'll be funny. It does involve drinking. <gasps> Aaron Paul bought me shots and did shots with me. Whoa. Tell me everything. So this was several years ago, uh-huh. right after Breaking Bad ended. Uh-huh. And I was working at the restaurant at the time. Right. I was the closing server, and he came in with a group of people. Uh-huh. He was in town for some event. Uh-huh. So I waited on them. It was a Monday night, which was industry night at the pub down the street. And so me and my other servers, we would go because we would get two-for-one drinks. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a Monday ritual for us at the mm-hmm. time. And so, you know, I closed them out. They left. And I'm walking a couple blocks down to go to the this pub. And I mm-hmm. get there, and there's a bouncer at the door, which never happens. This is just like a hole-in-the-wall place. Yeah. Excuse me. Very belchy drink. Yeah. The digestive. Dramatic pause. <laughs> so, oh, and keep this in mind, too. As I was leaving the restaurant, my manager at the time was like, hey, there's a bunch of bubble wrap over there if you want it, because they know that I'm basically a reincarnated cat. Mm. And I love bubble wrap. Okay, I was going to say, you costume yourself in bubble wrap to go out. <laughs> so I have my, like, bag with all of my, like, server stuff mm-hmm. in it, my apron and all that. And then I've also got all of this bubble wrap coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So I go into this pub, which is normally completely dead, like we're the only ones there mm-hmm. on Monday nights. It is packed to the gills. So I'm like, fuck. Well, my friends were already up in this area that has like a sofa. Uh-huh. Because I was the closer, so they'd gotten off before me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll be there in a second. I go and I get my two glasses of wine because I'm like, I'm not waiting in this line again yeah. to get drinks. So I'll just do my two for one together. Thank right. you. Yeah. I'm about to head up the steps to the little raised area where they are. And this woman stops me and she's like, excuse me, why do you have bubble wrap? <laughs> And I was like, why don't you have bubble wrap uh-huh. is the better question. And she's like, no, I'm serious. That could create a serious issue up here. It's taking up a lot of space. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm just here to sit on this couch over here with my friends. Right. Like, who are you? Yeah. So I pass her, go sit down. Mm-hmm. We'll come to find out she was Aaron Paul's manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was doing a special meet and greet. The event that he was there for. Oh, oh okay. Was at this pub. We had no idea. Okay. They had gotten there before they set up, which was why we were now sitting in the VIP area. Oh, how like, funny. And no one told him to move? No. Or I guess maybe they did and, and they were like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so I sit down with my friends and... A bunch of the cast members for Vampire Diaries were also there Mm. doing like a collaboration thing. Mm -hmm. And so my friend's like, hey, when you walked in, the girls from Vampire Diaries saw you and they think that you're somebody. 
And I was like, who do they think that I am? I don't really have any major celebrity doppelgangers. No. And I have a very unique sense of style too. And so they were like, we don't know. They just, when you walked in, they pointed at you and they were like, oh my God, look who just showed up. (laughs) And I was like, weird. Uh Didn't think anything of it. Mm -hmm. So we're like in our conversation. I'm on my second glass of wine. Mm -hmm. I feel a tap on my back. I turn around and it's Aaron Paul. And he's like, bro, wraps me up in this bear hug. And he's like, are you doing shots with us or what? And I was like, yes. okay." So I turn around and it's all of the the girls from Vampire Diaries, Aaron Paul and the Uh producer of Breaking Bad. Uh Or maybe it was the director. I think it was the director of Breaking Bad. Uh And they hand me two shot glasses. We do shots together. I thank them for the shot, sit back down (laughs) with my friends and then a couple minutes later, Aaron Paul comes back and he's leaning on me, uh-huh. like talking to my friends and everything, uh-huh. like like we've known each other for years. It was the weirdest thing. And then what okay. made it even stranger was as he's like talking to my friends, he turns around and says something to the director. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, so-and-so, I can't remember his name, mm-hmm. wants to get a photo with you. Is that cool? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So I get up, he takes a photo with me. And the guy taking the photo was like, oh, did you guys work together? And the director's like, well, not yet, but fingers crossed. What? I was like, I have to be getting punked right now. But even still, what a good prank. Yeah. <laughs> that is- and so he shakes my hand, thanks me for the photo. Mm-hmm. I go to thank Aaron Paul for the shots. And before I can get it out of my mouth, he's like, hey, man, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. I really appreciate it. And then like packs up his stuff and leaves, gives me a hug, packs up his stuff and leaves. And I sit back down with my friends who were just staring at me like, <laughs> What is going on right now? And to this day, I have no idea who they thought that I was. Oh my God. Well, we need to go to Hollywood and just Isn't that walk epic, around though? with you and be like, you all know who he is, right? And just get into places. That's insane. Isn't that insane? I wonder who they thought you were. I have, I've racked my brain. I have thought about it so much. But when I say like, I don't, I don't really look like anybody. Maybe I really don't. Maybe they thought you were like a producer or director. Maybe not somebody in front of the camera, but like behind the scenes, like industry yeah, people would know. Maybe. But like us normal people wouldn't recognize, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's the only thing I can think of was that they thought that I was some kind of producer or investor. Maybe. Or something like that. You're just like an eccentric rich person who's just like funding all these projects or yeah. something. Wow. Well, Aaron, tell us who you thought Topher yeah, was. Yeah, who did you think that I was? Or were, or maybe he just recognized me for my podcast. Yes. My future podcast. Your future podcast. Yeah, because he can time travel. Mm-hmm. And he time travels just to listen to podcasts that aren't out yet. Well, people who do math can oh, time well, travel. Oh, well, I mean, they kind of have their own sense of time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that's my cool Aaron Paul story. I've been waiting I for us to do this episode it. for so long so that I could tell it. I love that. I really want to know who they thought you were. And I want to know, too, like, when they eventually did talk to that person. We're like, oh, yeah, we had so much fun hanging out with you at that bar in Atlanta. And was that guy just like, what? Right. I've never been to Atlanta. Atlanta. Georgia. Georgia. I've never been there. Wow. Yeah. They thought that I was somebody, though, because they were kissing my ass. Well, if he sees you now, will he be mad? Like, you weren't the person I thought you were. Or will he be like, dude, you never called me back. You're like, well, I lost your number. Give it to me now. (laughs) Put it in my phone right now, Aaron Paul. I will say, even though he thought that I was somebody that I clearly was not, 
He was extremely nice. Mm-hmm. He was nice to all of my friends. Like That's good to he know. seemed like a very stand-up kind of person. It didn't it didn't feel like he was trying to impress me. It felt like he was just a genuinely friendly person and I think he is. I think he's just a genuinely nice person because one of the stories that I wrote down about him when I was doing my research that I really liked is that when he was filming Breaking Bad, he would tweet out a phone number of like a phone booth or something that was kind of like near set. To fans, so they could call in, and he would just pick up and talk to them randomly. That's so fun. Yeah. Isn't that just a kind of a fun, sweet little thing yeah, to do? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's also something that I would never think of I wouldn't doing. think to do it either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about us as people. Well, either we're... Not, it's not so great. <laughs> I think it just says that we're introverts. Yes. 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 <laughs> he initially was only supposed to be on Breaking Bad for one season. Oh, was he just a fan favorite? Well, not not really. They were going to kill him off at the end of the first season as a way for Walter White to kind of like realize like how serious it was for him getting into meth. And then he has to live with the death of his former student slash business partner and blah, 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 blah. But he, Aaron Paul and Brian had like such good chemistry together. And like it just worked really well on the show for like their two characters relationship to continue to grow and develop. That the writers decided we're not going to kill him off. We're just going to keep him on. Wow. For the now rest he's like an iconic character. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. He actually talks to a lot of people who had been addicts or were currently in addiction to like research for his role. Because at one point. That's got to be hard. I know. At one point his character does get addicted to heroin and throughout the series because he's trying to like deal with the guilt of like being a major drug dealer, not just like selling pot to some friends or something, but like, no, I'm doing things that is actively hurting people. Right. And now I'm involved in like this drug business, which is violent. Da, 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 da. And I've had to kill drug rivals and stuff as a way for me to survive. And so his character then gets like addicted to drugs and stuff as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for it. So it was part of his research. He went and talked to people with addictions and tried to learn from that to make his portrayal as like realistic as it could be. I respect that a lot, but that had yeah. to have been, that had to have been really so hard. difficult yeah. to to hear these heartbreaking stories and I know. Especially I mean it's bad enough when it's recovering addicts, but people who are still stuck in it, mm-hmm. that's really rough. You know, I think the show did a good job of showing that side of it too. Like, yeah, the Walter White character is not supposed to be a hero. But you're also invested in his character, so you kind of want him to get away with things. But then you're realizing he's producing something that hurts people. Yeah. And then they show, like, some of these characters who are addicted to meth or to other drugs and, like, the damage it causes to them and their loved ones, too. Having not seen the show, it sounds pretty fucking depressing. It's pretty gritty. (laughs) Yeah, there was one episode that Brian Cranston said was, like, the, the hardest episode to film where it was Jesse and his girlfriend, who were both addicts. We're at Jesse's house and Walter feels like Jesse's kind of pulling away from him because he's spending more time with the girlfriend and like doing drugs and stuff and not as much time like with the drug business. Mm-hmm. So he's jealous and like he goes to their house and he sees them both after they've shot up and they've passed out. And then the girlfriend who's played by Kristen Ritter. Oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does a great job in this role because usually she plays like sassy, snarky roles. Yeah, I've only ever seen her like in comedies before. Yeah, but this is a little more serious. Well, Obviously more serious. <laughs> just a, a lot just more a serious. Tad more serious. A lot more serious. 
she overdoses mm. in this scene and Jesse's character is passed out. So he doesn't, he's not aware of what's going on. And Walter White's character is there and he sees her overdose choking on her own vomit, basically. And he decides to not do anything <gasps> to save her. And oh her character God. ends up dying and it has major repercussions on the line in the show. But Brian Cranston said it was like one of the hardest scenes to film because all Ugh. he could think of was like his own daughter. And that's the division. He said he was like, bawling and like really just had a hard time getting out of that moment of filming. Yeah. Oh, that's but they rough. also did that too to show like Walter White's descent into becoming more and more villainous. Mm-hmm. It's like he watched a person die and he let that happen when he could have very easily stopped it. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some more fun things. Okay. <laughs> Aaron and Ryan have matching tattoos. Of what? Breaking Bad theme. That's great. So on the last day of filming, Brian Cranston got the Breaking Bad series logo on a finger of his, like mm-hmm. really small. And Aaron got a tattoo that says no half measures on his bicep. Nice. It's like little memorative Breaking Bad tattoos. Just so sweet. That is sweet. A little buddy tattoo. Are we going to get buddy tattoos? We should. We should. What would we get? Neck tattoos. Yeah? Uh-huh. Of what? Each other's necks. A very hyper-realistic rendering of your neck on mine and then vice versa. Okay. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. You're going to get like an Adam's apple? Uh-huh. Yeah, something like a little stubble. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the stubble. Yeah, you've definitely got to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have stubble too. Yeah, you will. Sometimes I get little chinny-chin hair. <laughs> you get some like freckles on yours. We could do corkscrews from the the logo. We could. Like a little, we could little do a little true crime corkscrew. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. A little broken wine glass. Little tramp stamp. <gasps> oh, yeah. Would you get a tramp stamp? Yeah. Also, Little Tramp Stamp is a great country rap name. It is. It's a nice crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun thing about Brian Cranston, which I really love, is that at Comic Con <clears throat> in 2013, after the show had finished, he wore a very hyper realistic Walter White rubber mask that completely covered his face and was in like a Walter White, like typical like shirt and pants costuming. Walking around, around. Com- walking around, people are like, oh, great, great costume, man. He's like, oh, thanks. That's amazing. And it was just him. I and love he got it. a chance to walk around, like talk to people and fans like a normal person. That's so cool. And then he's like, no, I'm just wearing a rubber mask. <laughs> and then he's like, rip it off and it's just his same face. Underneath. That's kind of creepy. I know, but it's really funny. It's like a total Scooby Doo moment. Uh huh. Why didn't you do that with Aaron Paul? <gasps> It's been me this whole time. Uh-huh. The person you thought I I am, and I definitely am. Definitely am. And I know my name. I'm just testing you. How, how do you spell my name, Aaron Paul? <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you some more questions. <sighs> For funsies. Okay, fine. Here, give me your cocktail. I'm going to okay. help you out with it. Okay. Thank you. Between the two of them. Which... I'm not going to try and dump that. That's yeah, I was like, that's going to make, that's going to spell. Which one had... Been briefly suspected of murder in real life. In real life? Brian or Aaron? Aaron. Why? He's got that villainous look about him. Mm, no. <sighs> it was Brian Cranston. When Brian was trying to become an actor in the 70s, he did some odd jobs. And at one point, he worked at a restaurant in Florida. And his boss was apparently just a real jerk. And everybody hated him. And they're all like, man, I really hate this guy. I wish someone would kill him. And then someone did kill the boss. But at that time, Brian had left the state and the police were like, that sounds suspicious. That's suspicious. <laughs> and they ended up questioning him. He's like, oh, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't murder. It, it was not me. That sounds like something a murderer would say. Right. 
on Team Brian Cranston. Did they ever solve the mystery? I don't know. But they they were like, oh, you're not a real suspect. Get out of here, you. You're not real. You're Get an out. imaginary suspect. Fish, fish posh. Actors can't do things like that. Right. Which one of them directed an episode of The Office? Brian. <laughs> just because. I'm just trying to think of like age and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I also don't really remember when The Office was on. I'm going to go with Brian. Yeah, it was Brian. Okay. Yeah. Office is on in a similar time, like early 2000s through 2010s-ish time. Mm-hmm. He directed the episode of The Work Bus, where the whole office is on a bus and they're working. And the wheels on the bus go round yeah. and round. And that was the only episode of The Office he ever directed, just because, I guess. Just because. Yeah. I like it when they have guest mm-hmm. directors coming and do things. Which person did Rihanna chase down for a picture? Aaron. Why? She wanted that dick. Topher, how dare you? What? But it was Aaron, yeah. Because she wanted that dick. No, she's a really big fan of Breaking Bad. And she's like, Aaron Paul, I know you. And it's like chasing him down for a photo. And? And? She wanted that dick. Maybe. we. I can't speak for her. Rihanna, you tell us what you wanted. She says, I wanted that dick. Which of them competed for a role against Penn Badgley? Well, obviously Aaron. Is it obvious? I think so. Are you sure? No. But I'm going to stick with it anyway. I pick up your drink. You tried to get me, and then you got me, didn't you? Yeah, you're right. Ah. Yes. <laughs> what was the role, though? For you. No. That show. No. I know the show. Oh. Was it for Gossip Girl? No. It was for Breaking Bad. Aaron oh. Paul beat out Penn Badgley. For I was just, role. like, going through all of the Penn Badgley. I know. I was like, you're not understanding. Okay. <laughs> Which one met his wife at Coachella? Aaron. Yes. Because I was like, wait, but 89. <laughs> I think Coachella was it. Was know. it? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know when Coachella started. And I'm thinking of Burning Man. I think Burning Man has been around for a while. Why is it called Coachella? Have we talked about that? Because they're really into the British term for buses. <laughs> and they love Cinderella. So they're like, we got to mash it up as to Coachella. See, I always thought that it was sponsored by the brand Coach. No, I don't think that's really the Coach Brands thing. Mm. They're not into these. They're not very hippie-ish. Mm. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> very belchy. Yeah, very belchy, Mezcal. Mm-hmm. I think it's really sweet that they continue to be friends and that they decided to make a Mezcal together. Yeah. I think it's nice of them. Which one of them learned to cry on cue? Aaron Paul. No. Brian Cranston. Yes. Good job. I got it. How? How did you learn that? What past acting, oh, acting experience? Acting. 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 I was acting the whole time when I mispronounced my words. What past acting experience? Uh-huh. Led him to be able to cry on cue. The soap opera. Yes. Good job. Those soap opera people love to cry on cue. I know. That's Which, why whenever Lisa Renna would do it on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, oh, I was like, you could tell. Could you tell when it was a real cry or just like soap opera tears? Cry? I don't think she ever had a real cry. Does she have feelings? She does. They're all on her lips. <laughs> She's also heavily medicated. Well, wouldn't you be if you could afford it? No, because I don't like you know I don't like the feeling of being high. That's true. I mean, medicated in the sense of, like, I am medicated. Like, you take an Advil, maybe. Go wild. A fourth of an Advil, again. <laughs> no, but, like, and, I'm, and on, I'm on anti-anxiety sure. medication. Yeah. But it's it's not the type that you can 
take and it fucks you up. Right. Like it's the slow release or not slow release. I don't know what it's called, but like it takes two weeks for it to even get into my system. Right. I get fucked up when I don't take it. Right. But if I'm having a panic attack, I can't just pop one. Right. You can't, it, you can't take that kind of medicine to get high off of right. it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It yeah. doesn't work that way. And that was important to me because I was yeah. like, I just don't. They'd be like, like I'm going to take a multivitamin and get high. Like, no, it doesn't. No. It doesn't work like that. Right. Wait, it doesn't? Mm-mm. Sorry. You've been snorting your multivitamins again, Dover. Yeah. I told you don't do that. Especially don't do it whole. That would like really hurt. There's one still stuck up in there. I bet there is, but. <laughs> We get tiny little forceps and pull it out. They're called tweezers. Mm, call them tomato tomato, right? We talked about Brian Cranston, his two big roles with Malcolm in the Middle and Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. There is a fun, like, little bonus feature, whatever, on, like, the last season of Breaking Bad's DVD, where they filmed a little scene of Hal and Lois from Malcolm in the Middle, like, sleeping in bed, and he wakes up, and he's like, oh, I had the craziest dream. Huh. That I was a meth dealer and da-da-da-da-da. That's funny. And she's like, that's nuts. And, like, they both go back to sleep. <laughs> that's really funny. I think that's really funny. And, like, it's weird when you see him in both roles because, like, he really embodies both of those characters. Like, he does the lighthearted goofy really well. But then also, like, the serious and gritty Walter White. And at times, like, very threatening aura of Walter White, mm-hmm. too. But to see him go back and forth between that, I think, is interesting. Yeah. You know who else was really good at doing that? Alan Rickman. Yes. He was such a good villain. Yes. But then also think of like his comedic roles like in Galaxy Quest mm-hmm. and things like that where... Or Colonel Brandon. Or Colonel Brandon. Oh, stop. I can't even. He's still my heart. I know. We both love a good Colonel Brandon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he was so good in that role. He was. I was just thinking about that movie the other day. We should watch it. Yeah. We should have a Jane Austen themed episode sometime. Oh my God. That would be so much Let's fun do so it. to talk about. <gasps> Let's do it. So we just need to find some wine from 1815. All right. Somebody sent it in to us. I know one of you is like an eccentric millionaire who does like this lavish wine cellar and just been waiting to share it with your friends of true crimes against wine. <laughs> you know what we could do? What? Is find a gin that's infused with Earl Grey or something Ooh. like that. Mm. Some kind of very English. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's British. Brit- it's British. You've got to talk like this You've got to talk time. like this the whole time about Jane Austen. Right. Right. Isn't it? Isn't it? We're so good at accents. <laughs> this is what the Queen sounds like. Yeah. Proper Queen's English. Aaron Paul is actually really good at accents. Really? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, and you were so quick to disparage him. Yeah. You don't know. I don't know, Aaron Paul. If you're good at accents, you should probably call into the show. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And our 1-800 number. Yeah. 1-800-TRUE-CRIME. <laughs> yeah. There's an overlap, so you have to like press both buttons at the same time really fast. <laughs> it's tricky, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Yeah, hopefully you don't have a rotary phone. Ooh. Yeah, that's no good. It's no bueno. Mm-mm. Are we ready? Are we? Are we? I think we might be. Okay. Are we doing, how are we doing this? Let's do it all together. You know what? All Let's together? just lump it all back together. I think we have to at this point because there's three things to judge. I know. And that's too many for our brains to count. Too many. Too many. Okay. We, the esteemed judges mm-hmm. of True Crimes Against Wine. Let me put my wig on. Okay. Okay. 
find you. All of you. Uh, everybody. All three of you. Yes. Not, Not guilty. guilty. I yeah. think it's a delightful mezcal. My only complaint oh, okay. is the cost. Oh, how much was that? It's an $80 bottle. What? Yeah. That's expensive. That is expensive. Was that a giant bottle? It's not. It wasn't a comically large bottle. It was not a comically oh, large thing. bottle like we had that one time. Okay. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. Mezcal typically does run more expensive than tequila. Mm. And also, this is a high-end Mezcal. And you can taste the quality fine, whatever. Fine, but... But also... Don't be expensive. Aaron Paul. Like, buddy... Your We're friends. friends. You're friends. You bought Topher a shot. Yeah. Can I not get some kind of discount? Right. You're just sending Topher a bottle dude. for free. Come on. Seriously. Or a case. You can spare it. Right. You got money. Yeah. So that's my only complaint about okay, it. Okay. Fair enough. But I think that taste-wise and quality-wise, I I agree. Kiss. I think as far as mezcals go, it's very balanced. Mm-hmm. Not overly smoky. And I really liked it with the margarita. I think the margarita was... A killer use for it. Mm-hmm. I will say this too for those of you who go out and buy it and you're looking for ways to use it, mm-hmm. their website is another one that has different recipes mm. already listed on there. Nice. I like that. I chose the ones that I did because some of them were a little overly complicated and sure. the ingredients were a bit more obscure. Mm. And I was like, okay, first of all, I'm not paying like $50 for a little vial of bitters. No. Mm-mm. And waiting three weeks for it to come in. No. <laughs> However, it did look like a really good cocktail. But. So can we take the bottle of mezcal to a nice bar? And, and say, be like, listen. We're providing the alcohol. You provide the rest and then don't charge us so much. I honestly wish that that was the case. Unfortunately, no. Can we try it though sometime? So uh, they're not going to let be us cool, do right? it. No. Just say no. Oh, no fun. But there were a lot of really interesting looking cocktails. I went with the ones that I did for accessibility because Mm -hmm. I care about our listeners as well. And I know that a lot of you are in places where it might be a little bit harder to find some of those obscure things like it is for us at times. So I wanted something that was just easy go to. Mm -hmm. And I think the margarita really captured that. Mm -hmm. It was great. I'm probably going to make another one as soon as we're done. Yeah. The Negroni too, I I will say was good. It's just not my drink. Yeah. You're not a Negroni person. Which is fine. Yeah. It's fine to not... Like certain things, but, you know, try something every now and then. I have to say it's growing on me. I can see it is, yeah. As you continue to sip it. (laughs) It's Mm. very pretty. And and it did taste good as far as Negronis go. I'm just not a Campari person. I don't care for bitters. Yeah. So that's just not my thing. And that's totally fair. But overall, a good liquor. Fun actors, a good show. Yeah, sounds like well you're both done. stand-up guys. Yes, um, yeah, good people. I really appreciate the shots that you bought me, Aaron. <laughs> and again, if you would like to contact us and tell us who you think I was. I really want to know who you thought I was. I've got to know. It's been eating at me for years now. So Aaron, if you could please yes. contact us at True Crimes Against Wine. You can do it through TikTok or Gmail. Instagram or Facebook. That's right. And we will send you some swag, Aaron Paul. Yes, we will. Absolutely, Aaron Paul. And Brian, too. And Brian. Why not? Brian, if you want to weigh in on this situation, too. Yeah. You tell us who you think Aaron thought he was. Oh, yeah. And then we'll see, like, who was right. We'll compare stories. There might have to be a follow-up sidebar here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you've enjoyed this episode... Thank you so much. Please give us a subscribe, rate, and review, and tell somebody. That's absolutely true. Yeah. 
All right. Well, cheers. Cheers to you. Ciao. Bye. Bye.